I don't really have a. I don't think I have a waiting story. I got no story. You've been waiting. I got no waiting. Story. You've been waiting years and years and years to do this podcast with us, and we finally made the time. <laughs> so well, right, yeah. There so you, you go. got that. No. Welcome to Talk and Truth, the podcast that brings together conservative pastor Brian Clark and famous comedian Dan Whitney, a.k.a. Larry the Cable Guy. And I will do the last half of this program entirely in Spanish. They'll be talking truth about the Bible and life. Now let's join Brian for today's look at God's Word, followed by conversation and a little fun with Brian, Dan, and today's guest, Pastor Nat Crawford. Now, here's Brian. Most of us can relate to buying something because someone made it sound so good, only to find out what we bought was a piece of junk. In a similar way, some make it sound like if you believe in Jesus, all your problems will go away. Wow, what a deal. I'd like to be able to tell you that if you trust Jesus and follow his path, you'll never have a heartache. But I can't. That's simply not true. Jesus didn't promise that. But what I can tell you is that if you trust Jesus, he will be with you every step of the way, and he will ultimately deliver you safely to the world to come. One of the most consistent messages of both the Old Testament and New Testament is that life on this earth can be very hard. You remember from Genesis 3, that's part of the consequence of our rebellion and sin, even for those who trust in God. Far too many people buy into what I call the let's make a deal theology. Hey, let's make a deal, God. I'll be a good boy, and you make sure nothing bad happens to me. I have to tell you, if you believe that, you're setting yourself up for major disappointment. The biggest problem with that belief system is Jesus never promised that. He was actually very clear. Life will be hard, full of trials and tribulations. What Jesus did promise was that he'd never leave us or forsake us, and he promises us a future that is glorious. So for now, we believe and we wait. Think about Noah in our story from Genesis 8. God told him judgment was coming and instructed him to build an ark. As best we can tell, it took somewhere between 60 and 70 years to build the ark. Built on dry ground for a flood like the world had never seen before. We are told the people mocked and laughed at Noah for 120 years before the judgment finally came. It's hard to imagine how hard it must have been to wait we learn that for one year and 10 days, Noah lived on the ark, and he waited, and he waited, and he waited. Genesis 8 is filled with what most readers would consider meaningless details. This is actually a technique to slow down the story. As readers, we feel like we're waiting and waiting for the next thing to happen. Chapter 8 opens with the words, but God remembered Noah. Not remembered like he almost forgot him, but the word carries more the idea of keeping his promises. Imagine all the thoughts running through Noah's mind 
as he waited on the ark for a year and ten days. How many times do you suppose Noah felt forgotten? Where is God? Why doesn't he do something? I don't know about you, but I've been there many times. You wait, and God seems nowhere to be found. And you wonder, why doesn't God do something, or at least answer in some way? There's just no way Noah could have known what was next. All he could do was wait. One thing that is so interesting about this chapter is how the story is recorded. We are told that the water finally started to decrease after 150 days on the ark. Then after two and a half months, the tops of the mountains were visible. After another 40 days, and the ark comes to rest on a mountaintop. Finally, Noah releases a dove and the dove returns because everything is still covered with water. One week later, the dove is released again and returns with an olive branch. Progress. Another week later, and the dove doesn't return at all. Is it time to finally exit the ark? Answer, no. They have to wait another 57 days before God says it's okay to go out of the ark. 375 days in the ark, waiting and wondering. This has been Noah's life, 120 years of waiting and building. Now on the ark, 375 more days of waiting. As you read on in the Old Testament, what you find is waiting is a big part of the story. You see Abraham and Sarah waiting for a child. You see Isaac and Rebekah waiting for a child. You see Joseph waiting to get out of prison. You see David waiting 16 years in the wilderness as a fugitive to be the next king of Israel. Psalm chapter 40, verse 1 opens with these words in the Hebrew, waiting, I waited. Waiting is hard. Sometimes it makes no sense to us, and we wait and we wonder, why doesn't God do something? Genesis 8 ends with a poem. Seasons will come and go, and in every season is a reminder that the world deserves judgment, but God waits, and he waits, and he waits for others to believe and be rescued, to enter the ark and be saved. And so we wait, and we believe, and we trust that God will remember us, just like he remembered Noah all in his time. So let's bring in Dan and Nat. Guys, is there anything harder than waiting? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the simple answer. I, I don't think so. I, as I listened to you speak, Brian, uh, I realized yet again how impatient I am in virtually all areas of life. We don't like to wait. No, 
but then contrast it with how patient God is, man, I got a long way to go. Yeah. You know, when we, we were listening to that, and it said it's uh, while they started to cre- decrease after 150 days, then after another two and a half months, that you could see the mount, 40 more days, then the dove uh, came back, and he's like, now can we get out? No, no, mm-hmm. another 50. Literally. Sounds like COVID restrictions. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, literally is what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the difference might be that God actually had an end in sight. I don't know if we do. It sounds like the end. It sounds like Fauci was around. During the, <laughs> oh, no. What is going on with this? Man, I'm going like, to like this discussion. This is getting good. You know, I love this just for the sheer fact. Nobody likes to wait. I get it. But like I said, you know, it's it's not about us. It's about God. Hmm. We always think it's about us. And for all the people that always say God is violent in the Old Testament, God hmm. is this. No, he's not, man. People have to wait because he doesn't want people to perish. Hmm. He does not want people to perish. He's given people the, the ability to make their own decisions. Hmm. That's what it's all about. And so, but he doesn't want that to happen. So the waiting, um, even though we don't like to wait, it's not about us. It's about him. And I just think it's so awesome, even though they had to wait that long. I mean, it just shows how awesome God is. It shows how good his grace is. Hmm. He wants everybody to be saved. Uh, You think about uh, the 120 years. Yeah for Noah and being laughed at and mocked and made fun of. And part of Noah's mission was to trust God because God was waiting for others to repent, others to believe. I mean, it was hard for Noah, Mm. but it revealed the compassionate heart of God. Mm. None of us like to wait. No, I'm just curious. I mean, we all three of us come from very different backgrounds and experiences, uh, when, have, when have you had to wait on God, uh, and how did that actually help you in your faith? Yeah, so it's actually a really big part of my story. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing there's lots of people listening that uh, are waiting on God mm-hmm. to step in and do something, mm-hmm. and they cry out to God, and God seems nowhere to be found. And I think sometimes when we read through these biblical stories, it just feels like there's a problem and God steps in and solves the problem and, and one, two, three, and, and there's God. Hmm. And you lose track of how much time has elapsed in these stories yep. and how confusing and hurtful that must have been. Hmm. So for me, I grew up the first 20 plus years of my life watching my dad in excruciating pain 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, I, I don't ever remember seeing him out of a bed. He was blind. Mm-hmm. He, he lived uh, in, in intense pain every single day mm-hmm. and praying out to God, asking God to do something. Uh, I remember at night begging God to make the pain stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember when the story of Johnny Erickson, Tata, came out mm-hmm. and hearing that she was paralyzed from the waist down and i remember just asking god could you just do that Hmm. so there's no pain from the waist down Hmm. so that's a lot of waiting uh and wondering where's god and why doesn't god do something so that's that was kind of the formative years of my life and 
and really had to understand. I think I, in church, I wanted someone, I wanted a preacher to say, sometimes life stinks, mm. and there's no way to figure out what God's doing. But, you know, in those days, nobody would say that. Wow. And and it is really hard. But mm. Let me ask you this. What do you say to people? Like, we all, for some reason, have different experiences with waiting and things. I mean, that is, I mean, your story on that, it's almost like people's testimonies. I don't have any great testimony, you know? I, I you know. You, you are saved, right? <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> okay, absolutely. Good, good. But, I mean, it's not like you hear people with testimonies and then I was living in the, in the, on the streets and I was a heroin addict and God pulled me up out of, you know, I don't have anything like that. I grew mm. up in a Christian home. You know, I got into show business and I went and all did this and tried to do things my way and, and, you know, and then I realized that the, uh, I realized, look, I need you, the, the, you know, so I, I don't have any great testimony. Some people have great testimonies. Your, your thing right there is amazing. What do you say to people that go, wow, I, I don't have anything like that. Am I supposed to have in my Christian walk? Am I supposed to have a story where I'm waiting on God to do something and I just, I don't know everything. I f you know, not everybody has a waiting story. They love Jesus. They don't have a waiting story. I'll be honest. I don't really have a, I don't think I have a waiting story. I got no story. You've been waiting. I got no waiting story. You've been waiting years and years and years to do this podcast with us, and we finally made the time. So, <laughs> well, right? Yeah, there so you, you go. So, you got that? No. Like, that's a good waiting story. What What about people that don't? Is there, I mean, I don't even know what I'm asking here. Are they going to eventually have a waiting story? Or does everybody have a waiting story, and you don't, and we just don't know? It, it depends on a lot of factors, but if, if you don't, then I'd say thank the Lord right, and love every day because tomorrow that could change. Right. I mean, all of a sudden tomorrow your kid's diagnosed with cancer right. and you wonder where's God and why doesn't God step in. But, but I do think there's probably lots of listeners who are hurt and maybe angry at God because they're, they're wanting God to do something and God hasn't, and they can't figure out where is God in all this and why doesn't God make the pain go away or why doesn't God stop the addiction or why doesn't God fix this or that. Uh, you know, as a pastor, I talk to people all the time that are really disappointed because they thought, if I was a good boy, nothing bad's going to happen, hmm. and they set themselves up for uh, devastation because that's just not true. Yeah. You know, as I was thinking about the whole waiting thing, I remember the two weeks of waiting when <clears throat> our son uh, underwent a surgery to remove a tumor, and there was a two-week waiting period of, of not knowing. Oh, is it cancer? Is it terminal? What's going on? And, you know, I finally found out the, the results, and, um, you know, that was a short time period, but it was very trying. Um, and I would say to your question, Dan, Everyone's got a waiting story, but they may not see it. You uh, know what? I think that's the, uh, uh, upon further reflection. <laughs> let's let's go back on this. Let's uh, upon further on reflection, this. as you say, but your but your story is amazing. I mean, that, like I've never had a story like that where it's like twenty years. And but upon further reflection, no, I do have wait. You know what? I do have waiting stories. Sure. I just I wasn't. You, you know, it's like we thought my wife had cancer. 
Uh, my little boys, we, we, you know, we had started a whole you, hip, been hip thing. For them. I had melanoma in my eye. Um, so, no, I do have waiting stories. Mm. I guess I just dealt with it in a different way, I guess. I well, don't know. I think that's a big part of it is how you view them. And there are some people who, you know, you've, we've talked about goalposts, right, moving the goalposts. We do that a lot with God. We, we, we're, we really do. Um, if God would do this, then I'll do this. Or if God does this, then he, then I know that he this. Uh, you know, that's really not how it works. We constantly move those goalposts. Uh, but the reality is God doesn't change and the standards don't change, but, but surely we do. And there's a lot of human responsibility we have in certain events of our lives, not all. What, what your father went through, nothing to do with you in those regards. What happened to my son had nothing to do with us and our decisions, but rather how we responded to them and how we view them. And I think what you said at the beginning of your message, Brian, a lot of people need to really understand. Christianity does not promise us our best life now. Right. It doesn't. Now, no. you, you may have a great life. I consider a gra- I have a great life. I think you would say you've got a great life, Dan, Brian, despite what you've experienced. Uh, with your father and watching that, you've got a great yeah, life. Yeah, absolutely. But 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 none of us get out of out of this world with without some pain and suffering and harm. It's impossible right. to avoid it. the The question is, how are we going to respond to it, and how are we going to view God through it? I don't know if I'd have the patience that Noah had. <laughs> I don't do real well with ridicule, let alone 120 years, and then being told to be put on the ark, and then you're going to pull the old, as you said, Fauciism, and you're going, "How? Wait, where's this? Where's the goalpost moving right. to now?" Man, I don't know if I got that kind of faith. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, those those guys were so unique. That's why they're in the Bible, <laughs> heroes of the faith. <laughs> yeah, I mean, amazing. They're, they're, that's why they're mm-hmm. the heroes of the faith. Yeah. Absolutely. Think too about in our culture how instantaneous everything is. Yep. You know, you order something from Amazon, you're mad if it's not there in three days. Right. Speaking of that. And you communicate around the world instantly. Right. You know, I was talking to somebody recently, uh, and they were asking about when Patty and I got together. I lived in Chicago. She lived in Montana. And so we'd write a letter, put it in the mail, Take three days to get there. She'd write a letter, three days, send it back. And uh, this person asking me was younger and just looked at me like, wow. <laughs> it's like, you, like put it on a dinosaur and right. send it across country. And now all of that is so instant that, that we're so impatient. We want it and we want it right now. Mm. And it just doesn't work that way with God. Right. Right. That always like... You know when you, I'm not, you, I'm not going to mention names, but you hear some of these preachers on TV. You know, like, like you were saying, the best life now yeah. guy, lead your best life now. And I'm always thinking to myself, yeah, but what if they're not? What do you say <laughs> to these people? You're telling them, here's what you do, and you're going to live this. No, you're not. No. I mean, that is so hurtful to tell that to people. You know, because it's it's not it's not going to be your best life. Mm. You know, there's going to be some bad things that still happen to you if you love Jesus. Yeah. You know, but I'll tell you the uh, the story today. I think is fantastic, and you know we're living in a time now where I always find it amazing that even though it started to rain. And it was an oddity, oddity back then. Mm-hmm. Even though it started to rain, they still didn't go. 
get in the ark. Yeah, right. And I'm thinking to myself, it's almost like today. It's like we are living in Bible times now. Mm. And it's like you can see it starting to sprinkle. It is starting to sprinkle. Mm. The door's open. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, get on the boat. Get on board. Now's the time before it's starting to flood you out. I mean, it's definitely starting to sprinkle. I'm glad I'm on the ark uh, Mm. in... uh, Oh, so blessed. And I also learned today that I do have a couple of waiting stories. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Well, we'll wait for that. That's all for today's episode of Talking Truth. Before we go, check out Brian's book, An Unshakable Foundation, a powerful resource for our time, covering the writings of Genesis to help you stay rooted in the truth of your Creator. Find the link in our descriptions. Brian and Dan will be back talking truth very soon, so be sure to subscribe. Get her done.